0: I'm Kevin Kalinsky. I'm a Herbert Irving Associate Professor of Medicine at Columbia University Irving Medical Center, New York Presbyterian Hospital. Gene profiling has become increasingly important in patients with uh, early stage breast cancer, in particular, patients with hormone receptor positive and HER2 negative disease who do not have nodes involved. You know, in particular, you know, this has had significant implications in terms of whether or not we would utilize chemotherapy uh, in patients who would be getting anti-estrogen therapy. So one of the questions that has remained is whether or not this could be extended to patients who have no positive breast cancer. And there are a number of um, gene assays that are commercially available, and and I'm going to talk about a few of them. So there was enthusiasm of utilizing the 21 recurrence score, which is something that we utilize in patients with early stage node negative breast cancer. There was a prospective retrospective study uh, in a SWOG trial, SWOG uh, ADA14, which demonstrated that patients who had node positive disease, that
1: um,
0: the recurrence score may identify who's most likely to benefit from chemotherapy. So, As a result, there have been um, prospective studies that have been performed. Uh, One has been reported called the Plan B study. In this study, uh, part of the design was looking at patients with hormone receptor-positive disease, and if the recurrence score was low, meaning uh, 11 or less, patients who had no no nodes or if if they had one to three lymph nodes involved would get endocrine therapy alone. And these data have been reported, uh, and the five-year disease-free survival was reported, in which we saw that for that small population who had N one disease, that they seemed to do just as well as those patients who had node-negative disease. And there have been a number of observational studies which have also looked at the potential role for the twenty-one gene assay in those patients who have N one disease. Um, and you know there has been some demonstration that that maybe we could identify and utilize this assay based upon those observational studies as well. Uh, But I think we're really waiting for the results of our exponder, which is this large randomized study of, you know, uh, more than 4,000 patients in which if if patients have a recurrence score that's less than or equal to 25, they're randomized to hormone therapy versus hormone plus chemotherapy. And uh, ultimately, we'll see, I think this will help define the role of the oncotype Uh, recurrence score in those patients and exactly what the best caught up will be. So I mentioned that I talk about other gene assays as well. So uh, there is um, a 70 gene assay known as uh, Mammaprint, And this was studied in a randomized trial called the MINDAC trial. And one of the notable findings in this study is that for those patients who had node positive disease, that if patients were high clinical risk and low genomic risk, that there didn't seem to be a benefit in terms of the addition of chemotherapy, in terms of prevention of distant metastasis-free survival for those patients who are node-positive in that scenario versus those that were node-negative, specifically in those patients who had hormone receptor-positive and HER2-negative disease. So based upon these data, the um, ASCO guidelines do include this particular platform for those patients who have uh, N1 disease. And there are other platforms that are being utilized right now, and we'll ultimately see um, which has the best indicator for how patients do in terms of distant recurrence. And then the the last thing that I would mention is that there are other assays that are also looking at what is the role for extending anti-estrogen therapy for patients with hormone receptor positive and HER2 negative disease. So you know, our standard of care is to give at least five years of hormonal therapy to patients with this subtype of breast cancer, and there have been some large studies that have demonstrated that there may be you know some some patients who really benefit from giving extended hormonal therapy, say up to ten years. And we you know use standard pathologic features like node positivity to help define who that population is, but there are some biologic platforms that are also evaluating this question as well. So um, there have been some data utilizing the breast cancer index, which is, looks at a score of H over I. And uh, these, this particular assay has been performed in various prospective retrospective studies. And one of the most recent ones was looking at patients in the, in the transatom study, which were patients with no positive disease. And in this, they could see uh, and help demonstrate that those patients who at a high H over I score seem to have a higher absolute benefit of extending tamoxifen compared to those who had a low HIVRI score. And then, you know, I think the other question that's remaining in the field is, um, you know, whether there will be a benefit for CDK4-6 inhibitors. There are a number of studies that are looking at giving this in combination with hormonal therapy and we're awaiting those trials. And of course, it would be uh, extremely helpful to have a biologic predictor for who would benefit from those particular classes drugs. So to summarize, we uh, have data with various genomic platforms about the potential role of de-escalation of chemotherapy for those with N1 disease, and we're awaiting further important studies like the R-Exponder trial. And there are also platforms that are looking at the role of extending anti-estrogen therapy, such as the breast cancer index, uh, that one can consider for utilization in patients with N1 disease.